You are listening to You Heard It Here Second, episode 51. The podcast is produced every Monday night and airs every Tuesday morning. More information can be found on our website, derekandsteve.com. If this is all you end up hearing of the podcast tomorrow, it's because we poured champagne all over all of our equipment and it's all ruined. Derek and Steve present... I've got something for you. All right. So hold tight. Celebratory champagne for the occasion. So perfect. Let's see yep. if we can get a clink right before you start yep. it on the podcast. There we go. I mean, no. No, you guys <laughs> don't want that. There's no one listening to this show that wants that. No one deserves that. How long are you supposed to wait before asking a girl you met on Tinder out on a date? Eight minutes. Twelve minutes. So I'm go. gonna I'm gonna be a little more patient than you. You heard it here second. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 51 of You Heard It Here Second. I'm Derek alongside Steve. Steve, just 49 more until we get 49 to episode 49 more till 100. We have the 50th episode hangover. Yep, the 50th that, hangover. That's what today is. That's what it is. But we got a couple, we got we got a nice little episode. Um, but, you know, nothing compared to 50. 50 nothing was the big hurrah. We do but, have a good episode today, though. We yeah, brought We brought so. back an old segment yep. I think everyone's going to like. Yeah. Um, no guests today, but we have um, some good, actually, good content, in- interesting content. Yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm pretty excited. Yeah. So uh, to start, like we said, last week was episode 50. Um, estimated 1.5 million listeners last yes, week, we according had, we to actu- Sean, yeah, Sean Spicer. We had 1.5 million listeners last yeah, week. So uh, very good numbers from last week. Uh, that brings us into this week, episode 51, which we'll see what the numbers are like. But I think uh, really, really great ratings, great, fantastic ratings. I huge, think we're get. huge. huge. Um, Unbelievable ratings. You won't believe these ratings. <laughs> so, everyone everyone says they're great. Uh, trust me. Trust me. So um, so let's start right away with the BC update. Uh, we'll get a BC minute going here. Not too much going on in the BC world, but a little bit for sure. Um, uh, then we have a old segment, like we mentioned, that we're bringing back. Um, we have uh, sports talk. We have pop culture later. We have movie review, some uh, Taco Bell news. So we have everything. Ooh. We have everything going um, for this episode. So let's start it out with the BC Minute. Um, so let's start it quickly with BC basketball. So uh, not much to talk about here, but BC basketball. So they're still losing some games. But I uh, just wanted to bring this up briefly because we talked about it a little over the weekend. You know, at least BC basketball is losing games, but they have a couple star players in this team that are actually kind of interesting to watch. And, and they're, they're, they're leaps and bounds better than they were last year, if if that's possible when you're still only a two-win team right now uh, in the ACC. I think they're like two and four, two and five. But they're they're competing in every game against some of the top teams in the country. So given last year, I mean, there's not much more you could expect for a leap out of this team. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of tough because if you take away almost the first – I mean, you, obviously you can say yeah. this about any basketball team, but if you take away the first half of the year and just – sample the last two weeks maybe three weeks of basketball it's very good basketball and i would be excited and think we we have a chance of making the tournament Mm -hmm. Uh, but because we started off so rough we we lost too many bad teams too many we lost to too many bad teams we have too many bad losses um and we're in one of the hardest if not the hardest um basketball uh conference in the acc so the loss the losses the bad losses are going to look even worse and the and the wins are going to look great but they're few and far between in the ACC, yeah, so. and every ACC team wins their out of conference games. When the ACC teams get to their conference play starting, they're all like seventeen and one, like or whatever, or however many games they've played. Like Florida State's like eighteen and two this year. Like uh, Louisville was like sixteen and three. It's like all those teams just ran through their out of conference schedules. It, it's almost like that warm up game for football, but yeah. extrapolated to basketball. So you get right. that first few weeks of, weeks of just 
cupcakes. And BC played 500 ball. <laughs> BC, like, yeah, BC lost half like, the games to them. Yeah, so, yeah. And so it's like, and and so you're right though. If if you if you take that out of the sample, which you can't do, it's you, you know you can't just selectively pick your season here. But you know if you did, the last couple of weeks for BC are pretty exciting and. Uh, their backcourt of uh, Jerome Robinson and Kai Bowman are both really good players. Kai Bowman, especially as a freshman, uh, has looked like a guy who, who could have a potential professional future. I mean, this guy looks a little bit like Reggie Jackson did uh, in, in his BC career. So there's definitely some positives going on. But again, and so yeah. ju- and just to, to note on that, they are very young. The, Kai Bowman's yeah. a freshman, Jerome Robinson's a sophomore. Um, and other than that, we have two more sophomore starters in A.J. Turner and Irvin's Mains, how do you say his name? I don't Mines, know. Nick. I don't know. Um, but anyway, sophomore, freshman, 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 sophomore, 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 freshman, sophomore. There's only one, two, three people on the team who are above a sophomore. Yeah, and I think only two of them play a lot of minutes. I think Jeffers and uh, Owens are the two seniors that play decent minutes. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone – who's the other senior? Is there another one? Garland there? Owens, um, Jeffers, Mo Jeffers, and one other person I just saw. Connor Tava. Okay, so he yeah. might he might play a little, but um, but yeah, either way, very young team, and and you know it gives me a, a sliver of hope that they can actually put together a little run in the tournament because they have such a talented backcourt that that is scoring and keeping up with teams like Duke and UNC. It's obviously far fetched for them to make a prolonged tournament run, but you know you at least would like it if in, when the ACC tournament comes around they can be competitive. You can be like, hey, I'll tune in and watch those games so to it, see if they make a run. They are in an an amazing position these young players knowing they're they're competing against good teams they they lost UNC in a, in a hard fought game they lost to Duke in a hard fought game um, they beat Syracuse thing in the year then lost to Syracuse they they know they can compete against these teams in the ACC so once they finally get good BC fan base if they make the tournament these kids will be legends we haven't made the oh, tournament yeah. in what 6 7 years yeah it, and basketball's a big sport at BC here at least it used yeah. to be and we, we need any reason to root for the basketball I mean, team. And if these kids do it, they'll be legends. So they're in a very good spot, especially with a few years to grow with each other. I think it's going to be good. Connie Forum was was pretty was packed for the UNC game because this because like we said in the last couple of weeks the team's played really well and so people came out for that UNC game on a Saturday at like new at twelve o'clock I think um, people filled the stadium for that game so. You're absolutely right. If this team starts to play well, and the, and yes, obviously making the tournament is what gets will get that fan base really rocked. But um, but but even just playing well, uh, playing well is a start because the the drastic difference between going 0 and 18 last year in the ACC, nobody went to Connie Forum at all. Like BC couldn't give away basketball tickets last year, so that it, it is an extreme because you know now they're just like we said two and five or something and they're filling the stadium because they're at least a little bit more fun to watch so yeah and the, the tough part is we have an okay record right now we're not we're middle of the pack and the next couple games are miami virginia tech wake forest louisville pitt georgia tech notre dame florida state oh, I mean, notre dame yeah the acc is a gauntlet we have I a mean, very very tough schedule i mean right before bc uh took down syracuse a few weeks ago um one of the advanced analytic websites for college basketball had, I, I saw a tweet or something about it, that they had actually projected BC to not win another game the rest of the year at that point, <laughs> and that their highest remaining percentage to win a game was against Pittsburgh, and it was like a 26% chance to win. I love it. Was, it. it was that bad. And so obviously that was when they had played 500 ball against teams like Nichols State and Eastern Carolina Shore or whatever. <laughs> um, but so... But so you know, now that they've come around a little bit, certainly it's still tough. They're still going to be well below 500 in the ACC. But it's you know, you're just looking for improvement. If you're looking for these kids to show they can play, 
and uh, good things could happen. So yeah. the bar's really low. The bar's low right now, bar's but really it, it's it's a good thing for a team you know that was in the position they were in coming into this year. So it's good to win an ACC game. <laughs> yeah, a couple. A couple it's good teams. Yeah. Syracuse. And that's NC how State that's how teams. low the bar was. Yeah, NC State's got a potential lottery pick in Dennis Smith at point guard. So um, they are beating some good competition here. So. Uh, that's that for BC basketball. Uh, quick shout out to Bean Pots coming up in two weeks. BC faces BU. Always, shout out always to the exciting. Um, the day after the Super Bowl on that one, which leads to the uh, other BC topic, which we won't really talk about in the BC minute because we have plenty of NFL to talk about. But Matt Ryan making it to his first Super Bowl, yes, and for can... the second year in a row, a BC basically captain leads the NFC team to the Super Bowl. All right, getting a lot of recognition with Keekley last defense, year. Yeah. So, um, so some good, good, definitely, certainly higher visibility this time. For BC because people talk about Matt Ryan as the face of the franchise. Not that Keekley isn't the face of their franchise. He's kind of like a co-face of the franchise with them. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the quarterback gets the publicity with yeah. these type of things. So And, and we can talk more about this in the sports section, yeah. too. But it, it is awesome. For, it needs to be noted in the BC update because every single time, no matter what, without a doubt, they mention yeah. Matty Ice, how he got his nickname in yeah. college. And they never say because he likes natural ice <laughs> and Matty Light. Which is the real uh, reason. Which is the real reason. <laughs> Um, but because because he has ice in his veins yeah. and clutch and performer or whatever. Yeah. But um, congrats to Matt. And it's great seeing him finally shed that um, that doubting uh, you know, people doubting him about that having ice in his veins and being clutch because people have called him not clutch his whole career. And yeah. I'm not sure it's totally fair with you know with the team team landscape that he's had. Um, so so yeah, we'll talk more about that in the sports section. Um, but that's it for the BC update uh, for now. And now we bring us to the second period. Which everyone's favorite. Is so this everyone's is- favorite. <laughs> This was a long time ago, and the only reason we thought to do this, or I thought to do this, was because of the mo- the montage last week. Yeah, it had a little clip we in had it. The, yeah, and I totally forgot that the we did puncher. that, and yeah. it was so funny. The whole puncher episode. Um, so what we did, I don't know, we, we did it already. I I just called the person. <laughs> um, we did another Craigslist call. So um, I said I was interested in a an item on Craigslist. I called this person to discuss my interest in this in said item. Um, and I think it was pretty funny. <laughs> so I guess we'll play it now, Derek. Hey, hello. Uh, hello. Is this the person selling the fish tank? Yes. Hi, how are you? My, my name is Derek. Hello. What's your name? My name is Derek. Yeah, Darren, yes. Darren. Um, so uh, you, you're selling the fish tank, correct? Yes. Is this an okay time to chat with you about it? That's okay. Yeah, you can talk. Okay, great. I'll talk. Um, my first question is: Is it why are you selling it? Is it in is it in bad shape or is it in good shape? What shape is it in? Okay. First of all, I have two tanks in the Craigslist. Which one are you talking about? Um, the forty-five dollar, the the ten dollar or the ten gallon tank um, is very interest. It interests me a lot. You're talking about the 10-gallon tank. The 10-gallon tank. 10-gallon tank. It has everything in it. It's uh, in very good condition. What is everything? What do you mean by everything? You mean the filter, heater, the all kind of stuff it's in it. All right. Have you? Did you use it before? Is it a used fish tank? Yeah, it's used, yes. Oh, so you had fish in it? No, I don't have it now, no. Oh, okay. Well, did you have fish in it? Of course, I did. Oh, were they? Did they seem happy? Did they like it? Yeah. Oh, good. Um, what does it still smell like fish, or is it clean? Is it nice and clean? Nice and clean. That's what I like. Yeah. 
So I actually collect fish tanks. I don't actually use them for fish. Um, but okay. do you, can you, like, how is your fish, how is this fish tank different than other fish tanks? How is it? How is it different? What are you talking about? <laughs> I, so I don't actually put fish in them. I just, I just collect them and keep them, the, the tanks themselves. Okay. How is it different? What do you want now? Uh, let me ask you a question. What do you want now from me? Uh, what color is the glass? What color what? What color is the glass? The glass of the fish tank? The glass? Yeah. What do you mean what color is the glass? The glass is glass. You know what? Forget it. Okay. Okay. So many questions. I hate that. Sorry. Sorry about all the questions. See you later. Bye. Bye. So there it is. The return of the... Craigslist call segment. That one, that one, he actually he caught on pretty quick and shut me down. <laughs> he did, but we got some good. That, I think that, we that got... was that was it was shorter than than the whole puncher one, but um, not as iconic. You know, he didn't have as he had a shorter fuse. This guy did. Yeah, he but was, he had he was some, angry. He had, but but he when he escalated, he got a few good sound butts there. The glass the glass comments great. Just his general. I just general I had a, so I had a I, sh- I had a few better questions I could have thrown at him. I I wasted them all at the beginning thinking I had him on the hook. Yeah, we'll, we'll get you gotta be careful. You, you gotta be careful. The, the hooks could always be short on that segment, even if it feels like he's gonna he's gonna stay. The other guy was just so nice. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He, I almost didn't want to hang. Daniel up. was great. Daniel was great. Daniel, that was his name. <laughs> um, so, so that's that for the Craigslist segment, which is great. Yeah, um, I want. I like doing that. So I yeah. like. So, that so, here, so here's the thing. I don't like doing it, but I, but you're great at it. So I think <laughs> I, I think, think we'll have you continue to do that. I don't think I'm great at it. <laughs> But you, um, we can, if you don't want to do it, we can certainly, uh, I can certainly I mean, yeah. uh, carry that uh, torch. For sure. But, uh, so that brings us to the next segment, which is, I'm going to, I'm, so we're going to do Know Your Tens. I'm going to do it to you. Whoa. Because our roommate Rob pitched an idea and we're going to play this little alternative fact game because, All right. um, here, we'll, I'll play the song first. It's All Know right. Your Tens. Thanks so much. All right, so everybody knows the rules of Know Your Tens, and uh, this one was just thrown together quickly because as sort of a mockery of public events lately, as we already mocked the 1.5 million viewers uh, situation going on, and so then we have the alternative fact situation going on, which I don't even want to talk about because I'll get sad, Um, but obviously, as many of you saw, Kellyanne Conway uh, defending uh, alternative facts as being a thing, uh, lies being alternative facts. So for Steve today, I have 10 facts, and you have to tell me if they are real or alternative. Uh, hey, Derek. Thanks. Uh, great to be here. Uh, Long-time host, first-time contestant. Uh, I appreciate you having me on, on the show. All right. So uh, without any further ado, do you have any questions? Do you want to understand how to play Know Your Tens? I'm nervous. <laughs> that's what everyone says. That's what everyone does say. So yeah. that, that's, a good, that's a good reaction. So um, Okay, so here's how we're going to play. You're going to get 10 questions, and... Uh, you know, seven out of ten or so is good. Eight out of ten would be great. All right, skip you know? the skip the crap. So, I, I got it. So yeah, I'm gonna read you a fact. You have to tell me is it a real fact or is it an, an alternative fact? Now these are okay. all these are all facts, but but about half of them are alternative. So okay. you need to tell me which is whether a fact it's real or, or which is an okay. alternative fact. Fact number one: <laughs> an ostrich's eye is bigger than its brain. Fact. Fact. Steve says fact. 
correct. That's a real fact. I assume that you slipped up there. These are all facts. One for one. You need to say that it was a real fact. Real fact. Sorry. Fact. It's okay. I'm learning. Number two, and I have a feeling you might have good history on this topic. Number two, fact number two, Taco Bell mm. is named after its founder, Glenn Bell. Wow. I want that to be true, <laughs> but I think it's an alternative fact. Alternative fact. Steve says alternative fact. What? It's true. It's a real fact. The founder of Taco Bell's name it's is Glenn, Glenn Bell. Bell. Glenn Bell. I have to fact check you. Yeah. Well, this go- is so this is Sporkle. This is Sporkle. Okay. So I hope it's true, but if, if we have any fact checking to do, we'll correct it. I hope that's um, true because that's a yeah. brilliant brilliant thing to know. Yeah, I agree. Fact number three, the creator of SpongeBob SquarePants used to teach quantum physics. That's got to be a real fact. Real fact. Steve says real fact. <laughs> that is an alternative fact. What? Uh, Steven, Steven Hillenberg is the creator and he taught marine biology. Oh, Makes geez, sense. That's too easy. <laughs> uh, fact number four, a cat's urine will glow under a black light. That's a real fact. Real fact. Steve says real fact. Correct. Yes. That is a real fact. What am I shooting, Derek? You are shooting. Actually, I, I haven't done a good job keeping track here. So you're shooting. Let's see. You, am I on Murph pace? You got you got ostrich right. So you're one for one. Then Taco Bell was wrong. One for two. Embarrassing. Quantum physics was wrong. One for three. But then you got that one right. So you're two for four. Okay. Okay. Two for four. Going into fact number five. Okay. Uh, is this fact real or alter- alternative? Toyota has announced that the correct way to say Prius in plural form is Priuses. That's got to be a real fact. Steve says real fact. <laughs> Incorrect. Toyota has said that the correct way is Prii. Oh, jeez. So three for f- uh, two for five right now. Oh. This is tough. This is tough. But, I mean, real facts and alternative facts are tough to distinguish. That's true. I, um, how am I ever supposed to know? <laughs> so fact number six. The sum of all numbers on a roulette wheel is 777. 777. That's a fact. Fact. Steve says Fact. <laughs> that is an alternative fact. Why are there so many alternative facts? It adds facts? up to 666, oh, which, is a, which is a fun little fact there. So we're two for six here. Wow. we got to pick it up. This is a hard game. This is this is hard. This is the hardest no for tens we've done, I think. There's so many alternative facts. <laughs> I know. Well, it's actually, I, I won't give anything away, but it's pretty much close to even. Well, um, alternative I'm... and real. So like you got to, you know. Okay, here we go. Uh, the mango is the national fruit of India. Hmm. Should know that. I love mangoes. That's a real fact. Real fact. Can I see a real fact? Yes. Correct. That's a real fact. Three for seven. Back All on right. the horse. All right, here we go. Is this fact real or alternative? The Q in Q tips stands for quicker. Quicker tips? Quicker tips. <laughs> alternative fact. Alternative fact. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no. I hit the wrong thing. That's correct. Okay, I was about to slap. That is is alternative. The Q stands for quality tips. Duh. Uh, So you're four for eight. You're back to 500. You're back on Murph pace. That was my nickname in high school. What? Quality tips. Quality (laughs) tips. Nice. Um, All right. Two questions left. You're four for eight. So you can still get over the 500 mark here. Number nine. Fact number nine. Before Google launched Gmail... Gmail was the name of a free email service offered by Garfield's website. I know this. This is a real fact. Real fact? Correct. That's yes. a real fact. I knew that fact. So there you go. Five for nine. Okay. Six for ten is doable. Six for ten is doable. This, this is, is the a, last one. This is a big question for me. This is a big one. Real or alternative? There are 24 properties in the U.S. version of the board game Monopoly. 
I gotta go alternative fact. Alternative fact? Can I see alternative fact? Correct. Yes. It is alternative fact. There are only 22 properties. So there you go. Six for 10. Wow. This game's Not bad. hard. That was hard. That was one of the harder Know Your 10s that we did, even though they What's were all false. What's my prize? Um, your prize? Normally, we let the contestants choose the prize. I want a $14 gift card to Thinking Cup. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Perfect. I still have to, I have to go pick up one of those, so I'll pick up two of them. Yes. Uh, so $28 of Thinking Cup gift cards I have to go buy. So that's it for a quick thrown together Know Your 10s for Steve, and he does very well. Six for 10. Hey, thanks, Derek. I had a lot of fun. It really was a blast. Uh, love listening to you guys. Um, Steve's a little better than you at uh, the whole podcast part, but um, appreciate you having me on. All right. Thanks again, Steve. We look forward to having you on next time. Okay. See you, Steve. All right. All right so, Steve, there, there you go. There was Steve on uh, Know Your 10s, another Good. edition. Well done, Yeah, Steve. Pretty, pretty well done. Good um, job. Six for ten That's is a hard not bad. one. We gave, him a, we gave him a hard one. We did. It was pretty tough. Um, um, but he, he pulled through, and he's my best friend. <laughs> I agree. Um, so that's, uh, that's that for Know Your Tens, and it brings us into sports. So lots going on in the sports world, um, mostly football. So lots of one sport going on. Lots of on. one sport going on, and not actually that much of it, only two games of it. Yeah, but, so um, the big complete topics. opposite of a lot going on. <laughs> Nothing going on in sports. Uh, so next topic, pop culture. Um, so, uh, obviously championship Sunday was yesterday, uh, two days ago. If you're listening to the podcast, we'll release it on Tuesday. Um, the Falcons and Packers lead off the slate on the early game on Sunday, followed by the Patriots and the Steelers. And what a lot of people hoped would, was going to finally be a great playoff day of football, Terrible. uh, turned out two more non-competitive games. Here's again. my question. What's the reason behind it? I don't know. Do, there's gotta be a theory. What's our theory? Because there's been one good game, and that game the the team played again and was slaughtered. Yeah. So what's the theory? Why why can't teams be competitive? I don't know. I don't know. And, and so, I want to say you know I, I want to say that it's like you want to make the excuse of the league being top heavy and they're not being parity, but we've all we also saw you know we, we didn't see a, a chalk set of one twos here either you know the one seed went down in the nfc the packers were a uh four seed division winner uh you know so so they had to win a couple games on the road or they had to win a game on the road and then went on the road a second time so this wasn't like you know just the number one seeds on each side just blow everybody out you know and and so you know the steelers being a three seed they went on the road to kansas city and beat them so you know I have a tough time believing it's all just chalk that the top teams are there, but you know, maybe I don't know. It's really tough just for me to explain why. Maybe just coincidence. It could be. Yeah. It could just be coincidence. I, I honestly have no theories to, to like why there's been no good games except yeah. one. I, there's <laughs> literally been one good game in the playoffs, yeah. one competitive game, and it was the Packers beating the Cowboys. Um, and outside of that, you know, the Packers come out and lay a dud against the Falcons. And so now you're asking yourself, okay, are the Falcons and Patriots that much better than everyone? Or Here's did the my, Steelers and Packers lay eggs this week? Like, I got what, a theory like, what's going for you. Yeah. This Super Bowl is going to be the best Super Bowl of all time. You think so? Yeah. We've we've earned it. We we, we certainly are we're owed it. Yes. So <laughs> we've so all this bad football has culminated into one awesome. They just mm-hmm. saved all the good football for the last game. Mm-hmm. I think it's gonna be a great game. I so. I think so too. I don't know if that's the reason it's going to be a great game. It, it <laughs> might contribute to it. Um, that's a, the only reason. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons why this should be a great game. So um, wait, should we talk about the game, the past well, games? Let's, yeah, let's quickly talk about the okay. past games first, because uh, this is the only sports topic we have. So okay. we, we might as well do do a little bit of discussion about it. So um, first, the Packers. Uh, the Packers come out 
an offense that was rolling. Aaron Rodgers, after they started four and six this year, the Packers started four and six, and Rodgers says that they can run the table, and everyone laughs at him, and they're like, "That you're stupid." And then they run the table, and they go all the way to the NFC Championship game. And they, they've just been riding this insane hot streak. Everyone's injured, but they do get some guys back. Like Jordy Nelson, Jordy Nelson was back, came out yeah. first drive, had a few catches. Like It's like, okay, they, they, they actually might have something clicking here. And they just get steamrolled by the Falcons. I mean, And, I, I, and I, not just off – like people just keep looking at the Falcons like they're an unbelievable offensive force, which yeah. they are. But they were dominating on defense. They were on Sunday. Three and outs all the time. Yeah. Like there was nothing that they could do. So they, they were, yes, uh, on Sunday. And that's – so that's the that's really this what actually shocks not shocks what impresses me more about what the Falcons did on Sunday is their defense. Everybody knows their offense has been high flying and it always has been. I mean the Falcons Matt Ryan's been a big numbers guy most of his career there. Julio Jones, you know they had Roddy White for a while. They've turned over a few good running backs. They had Michael Turner. Then now they have this uh, two headed monster in Freeman and mm-hmm. Coleman. And so you know they've always had talented offenses, but. The defenses have lacked behind. And by the way, the defense did lack behind this year. Their defense wasn't good this year either, but it was great on Sunday against what most people believe is a really good offense. Now, the flip side of that is the Packers were a really bad offense for the first 10 games of the year. So I'm having trouble figuring out whether the Packers came back to reality and laid an egg or if the Falcons are that good defensively. And that's a huge swing for what's going to happen in the Super Bowl. So I'm going to say the the Falcons are that good defensively. Um, They have a really good D-line. They have Vic Beasley, who's a stud and can turn it on any time. Um, I I mean, the Falcons are dangerous. They have a lot of fast players. It took us this long. I mean, I'm a Bucs fan, and the Falcons are also in the um, NFC South. So... Did the Bucks beat them this year? The Bucks beat them yeah. once. It was the first game of the year, though. Yeah. Um, so take that with, right. with a grain of salt. Um, so I got to see them a bit more than probably the rest of the country. But going back to last year, Matt Ryan has thrown in, in four straight – the only QB ever for four straight playoff games to throw three touchdowns or more. And this most recent game, four touchdowns, yeah. passing, one rushing. Yeah. So he accounted for five touchdowns in a playoff game against – a good football team, albeit not a great good, not a great defense in terms of championship teams, but a team that made it this far. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, that's all I'll say about that game because I want that to kind of lead into my Super Bowl sure. analysis. Analysis, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, so I don't have much more to add to that to the game other than like like you said, I think the Falcons' defense one game doesn't prove anything. I mean, they, they need, you know, in two weeks is when they need to prove it, but they certainly looked athletic. They look like, you know, they're a fast defense. They haven't, you know, the, the lack of having the numbers all year um, gives me a little bit of pause with like, if their defense schematically is like really that good, but they certainly have athletic playmakers on the defense. And so, so the crazy thing was this was an all passing game at halftime, yeah. the leading rushers, Matt Ryan yeah. was the Falcons and Ripkowski, the fullback, yeah. was the leading rusher for the, uh, the Packers. So, yeah. I mean, that's just kind of just an air raid. It's an air raid, and it's kind of where the league's going anyway. Right. But the the Falcons have an unbelievable backfield too. They have two great yeah. running backs yeah. who had terrible games. Yeah, they running didn't get the, the ground game going at all. Um, they they uh, Freeman caught a few passes out of the uh, backfield, and, and Coleman had a few nice runs, mm-hmm. but nothing that you expect from them. So if they get that going too. They're going to be hard to stop. Yeah, and so that's certainly, you know, there's a lot of danger with the Falcons when when you're looking at uh, matching up against them. Uh, Moving to the second game, the Patriots against the Steelers, a game that, again, myself included, thought that would be a little closer than it was. I mean, I was was still confident going against the Steelers because of the way the Steelers have played defense against Tom Brady his entire career. Uh, Pittsburgh, 
so they, they say that the definition of like being uh, insane, insanity is just to try the same thing over and over again and mm-hmm. expect different results. And the Steelers are that to a T. I mean, they have just been dropping back in a zone against Tom Brady his entire career, and they never change. And there's a blueprint out there for how to beat Brady, and it's not that. And they continue to do it. And so on that end, I wasn't surprised that the Patriots' offense clicked, but I was I was kind of surprised the Steelers couldn't get anything going and offensively. It was weird because they were, like, dead. Yeah. It's like after halftime, the third and fourth quarters, I mean, they were down by a decent amount, but yeah. they weren't out of it by any means. No. And they were – Heads down, Lifeless, like there yeah. was no real leadership. And uh, I'll read a quote. Uh, ben Roethlisberger called a few of, of his teammates out after the game, mm-hmm. um, and he said, there were missed opportunities, whether we didn't execute well enough, whether plays weren't made by me or other guys. At Sometimes it felt like maybe it was too big for some of the young guys. We talk, we talk about how sometimes it's one play here, one play there. Tonight we didn't make those plays. Was the moment too big? I don't know. We need to make every single play in this game in a moment like this. Hopefully this is a learning game for guys to understand this isn't promised to anybody. Tomorrow isn't promised. Just to make the playoffs isn't enough. So he kind of calls yeah. out the young guys, I guess. Yeah. Um, I don't know who that would be in regards to, but I, I didn't see Ben Big Ben play very well. I didn't see right. any, literally no one on the team played well. Yeah. Um, Antonio Brown had a few catches, but yeah, Brown didn't have a big game. Yeah. And, you know, so I don't I don't know if Ben's directing that just at the young guys or if he's also including guys like Brown and Bell. Um, but but I certainly have to hold those guys accountable, um, and, and I, I do include Le'Veon Bell in this. Yeah, and he uh, was, Le'Veon he, Bell he got injured. He but, did. He did. But but did you, I don't know if you saw the reports after that he said that he's been playing through that injury for the last few weeks, and so you know he the the, the reports I saw were sort of like Le'Veon Bell kind of saw that that coming because he's he's it's been nagging him. It's like well the Steelers certainly seemed shocked by it. They had no alternative plan to, yeah. to go about the game without Le'Veon Bell. So. And D'Angelo you know, Williams, their backup, he's a great, is a great he's a, running he's back. He's a very capable backup, and that's why I, would, that's why I feel like it's on Le'Veon Bell to be. I, I don't know. Did this guy not tell the coaching staff he was feeling this, or like he said it's been bothering him, and they had no alternative for when he got injured. Like they, when when he was out for four games, and he was was out in previous seasons, they D'Angelo Williams was a beast when Le'Veon Bell was out because he's a different runner, and they tailored the game to him. Yeah. To have no alternative in place to actually leverage what D'Angelo Williams does well led me to believe that they had no clue that Bell was, was injured at all. And then for him to say it's been bothering him for weeks is, like, kind of surprising. And it, it it almost seemed like – so here's my question to you. Do you think the the Patriots played really well or the Steelers played really poorly? Um, so I do think the Pats played really well. Um, I also think the Steelers played really poorly. Because um, I understand that Brady can, can make anyone look like a superstar. The, the There's no Randy Mosses on this team. But if Chris Hogan gets – Two touchdowns, 180 yards, almost three touchdowns. He yeah. dropped a third one. Yeah, I don't There's, like what. Who's 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 playing defense? <laughs> I know. Well, I know. And so th- there was one play. Um, there was one play that Hogan. I don't know if it was actually one of his touchdowns, but it was one of his big catches. And it was this like the, the announcers almost started laughing. Actually, I don't know if you. I don't know if you caught this play, but the Patriots were lined up in like a power eye formation or, or something similar. Like it was a pretty relatively tightly packed formation. And Brady looked at the defense, and then he called out Jordan, Jordan. Like, yeah. it was so loud, you could hear it. And it was just like everyone, like, it, it was suddenly five wide or, like, four wide. And and Hogan just ran up the seam, and he was wide open. And, like, and so that's... I, I remember that. That wasn't the touchdown no, play, it wasn't but, touchdown, he, he but it made was a huge game. A, and it was, like... A Gronk play. And, that, and that's the type of thing that people talked about in the media all week, is that for Brady's whole career, the Steelers' style of defense is so... He picks it apart so easily, yeah. just because, like, that's his strength of, like playing a soft zone and like 
you got to, you can the when they're lined up like that you shift your formation and now like Edelman's on a linebacker and like you know Deion Lewis is lined up on the outside against you know some uh, you know defensive end or something it's like it's so easy to manipulate the matchups with that and somehow the Steelers have never changed it they just they won't do it yeah well it's Mike and Tomlin so he's, stu- he's and stubborn I, as I think Mike Tomlin's a really overrated coach for, I think for, so too as, as for, for, you know partly because of that so you know to answer your question it, it worries me a little because I don't think the Falcons will make those mistakes. Um, I think the Steelers have a really bad schematic defense. They have a couple good playmakers on their on their defense, but really nothing much. So yeah, going to your point, I think that's a huge factor in in this. But um, one one note I'll make about the Patriots defense was that it's kind of weird, and I don't know if you felt the same way, but in the first half, I felt like the Steelers were moving the ball well on the Patriots. I was like, yeah, you know, it, the Patriots I, are giving up chunks of yards. They were, they, the Steelers were losing, and I was like, this is still a close game. Yeah, yeah, and and, and I realized that this, and, you know, I guess this is just what it is, and I have to accept it, and it's it's not like a bad thing to accept, but this is what the Patriots defense is, is that it's you a, sit here and you're like, they're not really playing that well, it's but a here bend, we are, don't break the, defense. the third quarter is almost over, and they've given up nine points, and it's, it's like... It's a bend-don't-break yeah. defense, it, I know we can say that about yeah, anything, bend-don't-break, right. but it really is, they, they, they got them to the one-yard line, they yeah. stopped them, and then put put the brakes on, yeah. stop them at the goal line. So exactly. they do not let people into it's, the end yeah, zone. You point. can they give up yards and they don't give up points. And they and which is a brilliant strategy too because kickers stink now. <laughs> yeah, like, that's true. Like that's the, true. they the do. Steel, Gustavski missed another Gustavski extra point. Gustavski missed one. Uh, the Steelers kicker missed, missed one, too. one too. Yeah. So it's right. it, it serves you well. I mean, obviously they're less points too yeah, in that way, but yeah. but to have them kicking field to goals to make them march down the field and then tighten up in the red zone. You know, so that's kind of what they've been doing all year. And uh, they they talked about the lack of like twenty yard plays the Patriots have been giving yeah. up. So it, it's things like that. So the longest play for the Steelers was like a thirty yard pass, and yeah. it was yeah. one of the better thrown balls I've seen yeah. in it, all of the playoffs. Exactly, and it, it had to be. Yeah, and, and that was the last. That was their last touchdown, right? I think. Um, no, there was or, oh, one. Oh. It was like to uh, I think it was to Coates um, or Rogers, but it was like yeah. right. It was a seam down the. It was like a go route that he threw in between the safety and yeah, the cornerback. Yeah. Right, right, and then the I, I think they had one more. The the touchdown in garbage time I think was a yeah. thirty yard play, but but so. Um, regardless, you know, long story short, the Steelers, everyone knew the Steelers were going to give up points against the Patriots, but people thought the Steelers could go into Foxborough and compete in a shootout. I've always felt confident in the Patriots in shootouts because it's always defenses that beat them in the playoffs. Um, yeah. but I did expect the Steelers to put up more of a fight on offense. So and it was, it was kind of, I mean, I don't like the Steelers very much. And it, so I didn't, I wasn't yeah. too upset, but it yeah. was, it was sad that like, you kind of the Steelers are like an iconic franchise, yeah. and, and and Big Ben Brady matchup is great, and you're just yeah. sitting there feeling sad for the Steelers. Yeah, like, and, this is embarrassing. Yeah, they're and, just getting their butts whooped. And, and one thing I will say, and again, sort of calling back out to the guys that maybe Ben was referring to, you know, I saw Antonio Brown on the sideline laughing with like another receiver. I, I saw don't know that if too, you saw actually, that when they were down. Yeah, and, and it struck me. I'm like Antonio Brown's one of the best receivers in the league. I can't take that away from him, but I really have to wonder if this guy loves being a star more than he wants to win. Because Antonio Brown's big time spotlight guy, mm-hmm. huge like Dancing with the Stars, like these commercials, you know that awesome fantasy hair, football, awesome hairdo, awesome awesome hairdo, Facebook Live video after the game. Like this guy is is about the star life, and and it, when I see him laughing on the sideline, when you're getting your butt whooped in a playoff game, it makes me wonder about that, you know, about your mindset, about your mentality. Yeah, Dwight, it's it's the yeah. Dwight Howard effect, man. Yeah, you just want to be friends with everyone, don't want yeah. don't want to disappoint anyone. Yeah. It could um, be true. And it's, so it's not good for competitive sports, right? And, and and honestly, that type of a that type of a mood, I think, can rub off on a team. You know, it can rub off on your teammates if you're laughing when you're down thirty six to nine. I think it can it can start to breed a uh, the wrong type of attitude um, within a team. So, yeah. 
Um, so either way, two pretty non-competitive games leads but us to the Super Bowl. we both go one and one. We both go one and one. Yep. You, pick, you pick the Falcons and the Steelers. I picked the Patriots and the Packers. So we both split our predictions. Um, and now here we are. So Patriots-Falcons, the line opens up with Patriots as a small three-point favorite. The over-under is the biggest in Super Bowl history opening up at 58. Wow. Um, the biggest over-under. The biggest over-under just edging out, I believe it was the 9 Colts-Saints, which was another mega offense matchup. Um, so what are your thoughts? You, you saved a few things for analysis, so let's do it now. So I was actually going to say it's probably going to be the highest scoring <laughs> Super Bowl of all time, so that, that over leads into yeah. that. But, so so do you, are you still taking the over on 58? I'm going to take 58? the under on 58. Uh, yeah, I think I am too. I'm taking the under on 58. Um, I think it'll be close. I think it's going to start out slow, and then mm-hmm. in the up. second half is going to be explosive. I really do. I wasn't joking. I think this is going to be one of the better Super Bowls we yeah. watch. These are two high-powered offenses, two veteran teams. Mm-hmm. Um, even though the Falcons haven't been to a Super Bowl in, in how many years? There's only yeah, so, been to one other. But. Yeah, so so one note about that with the experience. The Falcons are pretty much across the board in their team new to this experience, but Dan Quinn, their head coach, has been in the Super Bowl three of the last four years. Yeah, he was defensive coordinator for Seattle, and and the Falcons are are expected to be good. They yeah. they've made the playoffs over the past five years a ton. They they have a veteran quarterback who who's who's going to calm them down. I think, I mean, obviously Brady, who's been this is their what their ninth Super Bowl. It's, uh, it's Brady's seventh. It's Brady, Brady seventh and this group and seventh. The franchise is ninth. ninth. Yeah. Um. So that's incredible. So, I want to, my bold prediction, it's not that bold, is that Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman are going to have a day. I think that it's going to be, they're going to be a lot more effective than they were against the, um, against the Packers. I think, I'm, I'm trying to think who the stud for the for the uh, Pats is going to be. Probably Martellus Bennett. Um, On offense, you yeah, think Bennett? Yeah, I think the Falcons shut down their wide receivers. Yeah, except, Jared Cook had except a pretty Jared, good game. Except yeah. Jared Cook. Um, so I think Martellus Bennett, although this would be a big game for Gronk, um, I know who I'm going to pick, and, I, and I, I know what I want the score to be. <laughs> or I, I think I know what the score yeah. to be. So I'll let you okay. give your spiel, and then... Yeah, so, um, you know, uh, so like uh, starting with the over-under, I'm going to take the under. Um, I think, you know, uh, so, something about this to me, it always feels like you get the opposite sometimes of what you think is going to happen. You know, like, w- we tend to think that we got two super offenses and then it's a little lower like the Colts and the Saints in 09 as an example that game was 31 to 17 Peyton Manning and the Colts put up 17 they were a huge like I think he threw 49 touchdowns that year and so there's something about the biggest stage that that really just kind of nullifies all that you know um, on top of the fact that the Patriots again I was just talking about their defense bending not breaking this was the number one scoring defense in the NFL um, so while I do think that the Falcons are going to put points on the board I really hesitate to go over 58. I mean, you're talking about then like you got to get like 34, get 27, type 30s, of, you yeah. know. Um, so um, I will say, you know, along your thought of it being a great game, I absolutely expect it to be. Brady's been in six Super Bowls, and every single one of them has been a four-point game or less. Mm. It's like the, the, every single Patriots Super Bowl has been a great game. Um, so whether for whether it came out good for me or not, you know, the two the two losses were great games. Uh, exciting games like like classic games so, so houston is a dome correct houston is a dome so last... do you think that'll affect because uh, because the yeah. falcons play in a dome and the patriots don't right houston I, houston is a dome i think yeah yeah they, they definitely are but the last time i think that the super bowl was played there was when the patriots beat the uh, carolina panthers and it wasn't a dome 
uh, at that time. Yeah. I remember the, the I remember seeing the footage and there was definitely grass. It was definitely a grass field. So um, I, I don't think it matters much because it feels like the Super Bowl is always indoors now. Um, so I think these teams are I mean, certainly if you were going to say there's an edge, it probably goes to the Falcons. Um, but I'm not worried about that being an edge. Like, I don't think the Patriots play necessarily worse in domes. Does Drew Brees? Um, Drew Brees plays much better in domes. He plays much better in so, domes. And, 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 no, and so certainly, I think the Falcons may play better in domes. Um, so that certainly gives them a little bit of an edge. I'm not worried about the Patriots playing poorly in a dome. Okay. Um, so, you know, like, yeah. So, so I, I guess my only other thought is, um, so along your thought about Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman, um, I could see them having big games, but I see them having big uh, receiving games. So yeah. the Patriots have been have been one of the best run defenses all year. They don't give up a lot of yards on the ground. Maybe both, that maybe that changes because both made, of those receivers are are have great hands too. Yeah, uh, both you mean both backs as receivers? Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Both um, backs coming out as receivers. Yeah. So so maybe so again maybe the strategy changes. Maybe the Patriots don't focus on stopping the run when you have someone like Julio Jones to to worry about. But I tend to think that they still will do a good job stopping the run. The biggest matchup, not that this is really much of a bold take or anything like that, but like I need to see what happens with Julio Jones. I need to see how they choose to guard him. It's going to be Malcolm Butler. It, it it probably will be Malcolm Butler because he's their best cornerback. Obviously, he's like the number four rated cornerback by Pro Football Focus. My only concern is that Butler doesn't have a lot of experience matching up against guys this physically bigger than him. Big guys. Um, yeah. He, he's done a great job in games against Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham. Uh, you know. I guess like Jarvis Landry, even guys like Brandon Marshall, but uh, Julio Jones is not any of those guys. Julio Jones is bigger and yeah. phys- more physically dominant than those guys. So I do think that Butler is going to draw that assignment. Um, but I'm interested to see if the Patriots do the same thing they did to Antonio Brown, which is basically glue Devin McCourty to him as well. So, you know, in that game this weekend, you saw Butler was able to actually play under Antonio Brown a lot. Like, like he almost had an interception on a play where he let Antonio Brown stay ahead of him so that he could kind of trail the ball because McCourty had him over the top. And so I'm interested to see if they glue Butler on him and try to give it to him one-on-one. I would be surprised, but they could. Um, I also wouldn't be stunned if they decided not to put Butler on him. If they decided to put Logan Ryan, who's a little bit bigger, and and again, bracket him with the safety. So it's just that schematic matchup is really the key for me because if they can limit Julio Jones, I think they have a good chance to win yeah. the game. If Julio Jones does what he did on Sunday, they're going to have a really tough time winning the game. And we kind of talked about this earlier in the week, but both of these quarterbacks are not – they're not going to make very difficult throws. They're going to read a defense, make a logical decision, and if it's a good throw, it's going to be a completion for X amount of yards. If it's a bad throw, it's going to be an incompletion. They don't force the ball into traffic. There's no real tight windows that that their playbooks make them throw into. So this is going to be a very, very efficient offense. And I think both these teams do a very good job of, if you take away Julio Jones, you start dinking down the field and then get him a slant route where he doesn't have to go 50 yards. He can break one tackle, and he's fast enough to get 50 yards. Mm -hmm. So I I think you're right. The matchup on Julio Jones is going to, not just determine like how well the Pats defense does, but how Matt Ryan distributes the ball among yeah. like these probably not as good. Oh, obviously not as good wide yeah. receivers, but way below average. Yeah, for the rest of the team in terms of right. receiving. Right, so. and, and and so and that's that brings me to the last point probably I would I would make is um, both quarterbacks distribute the ball really well, and to be honest, it's I think it's sort of a balance of I think that Matt Ryan has the best weapons in this game. I think Julio Jones is the, obviously the best weapon, and I think his two running backs are up there being the best weapons. Um, but I think Brady has a much deeper set of weapons. I think the Patriots across the board have more 
capable options than the Falcons do, but the Falcons have the best ones. Um, so it's, it'll, it's interesting. It, it depends. Again, it's because of that for me, it's how well the Patriots can kind of nullify their top options. Because right. I think if you then go to Mohamed Sanu and uh, Gabriel and um, I forget their tight end's name, but but if you go to those options, I think if they're the ones doing the damage, I like the Pats' chances better than if Julio's going off like he did on Sunday. Yeah. So. so speaking of weapons, um, I've tried to think of – it's definitely time for, for – Devonte or Devonte Freeman <laughs> and Tevin Coleman to have a, a tandem running back nickname. We haven't yeah. had one of those in a long time. Mm-hmm. They both have man in their name, Coleman, Freeman. Um, so I'm trying to think of something. I'm racking my brain. I don't have anything good. I'm thinking like Birdmans, <laughs> the Birdmans, or the Man Birds. I like the Birdmans. The Birdmans. Yeah, because they're the Falcons. They're Falcons. They're birds. They're man. Uh, two man crew. Uh, two men in a backfield, two men in a backfield, Birdman. I don't know. I'm, I'm yeah. throwing all these ideas around. It's something's there. I'm just not hitting it. Yeah, it's. I mean, they're yeah, they're both both ending with man is too good. And Devonte Freeman needs to be called Freebird. Yeah, I know he does. And I don't know why he's not. He does. I don't know either. But <laughs> should be. Also, side note: the Falcons have you point you pointed this out. They have a lot of guys that look like Devonte Freeman. A lot of guys that look like Devonte like they, Freeman. They're all Devonte Freeman. They all have the like the short dreads. dreads. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, yeah. so right. let's do so, predictions. Yeah, sure, let's do it. Well, we still got two weeks, but we'll, you want to do them now? Falcons by 100. Falcons by 100. Um, <laughs> Just kidding. I mean, I'm go- obviously, I'm going with the close game. I took, let's see, I, let's took, not... I took the over. I, or, sorry, or I you want to do under. it now or wait? Let's, let's do it now. We talked a lot yeah, about it. Yeah, might as well do it now. So I took the under, so I'm going to go then with that under. Let's see. I'm going to say it's going to be 31, 31 to 20. So that that hits that that's that's right at the over under. It's gonna be thirty one twenty seven. I'll, I'll I'll go with that. That's okay. gonna be it's gonna hit the over under. It's wow. gonna push push the over under. Who you got winning? The Pats. All right. Yeah. I'm gonna say twenty seven twenty eight Falcons. Twenty eight twenty seven Falcons. Yeah. Is that a missed extra point in there? or Is that some field goal combination? Just I curious. haven't determined okay. that yet. Determine that next week. Yeah, but it's certainly determine possible that yeah that it could be a mixed extra point. Yeah, we'll do a few props and stuff like that next week. Like, yeah. will there be a missed extra point? We should have a you heard it here second squares. Yeah, that, that would be fun. That would be squares. fun. Let's do that. Let's do that, actually. That would be cool. I hope um, I get eight and seven. That's going to that's <laughs> be Because that would line up. Um, yeah, we, we both picked pretty common square numbers there, too. One and seven, eight and seven. Um, so so that's that. Super Bowl uh, 50. Uh, 51, sorry. 51, yeah. Yeah, Super Bowl 51 in uh, two weeks from Sunday. So, I'm excited. Yeah, me too. So that wraps up sports, and we go to the final uh, period, which is pop culture. We got a movie review, and some, movie review. and some news for you. So uh, first, movie review, Children of Men. I'll let you kick it off. Sure. So Children of Men was my dad's idea for a book. Um, as soon as he heard this idea, he's like, this was my idea. I thought of this years ago, and, and I didn't know they made a movie out of it or a book out of it. I was like, sorry, Dad, someone beat you to it. So the idea is humankind or mankind is infertile. So the youngest man in the world is 25 years old. They haven't. No one's been able to have a kid due to um, whatever reason, yeah. which is like uh, diseases. They allude uh, to yeah. it not being known in the movie. Exactly. They're like but pollution you, or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, 25 years goes by. The youngest person in the world is 25. Um, the coolest guy in the world is Clive Owens. Yeah. So Clive Owen is the main character. He's the, the big jacked British guy with a huge head, strong jaw, and like flowing hair. He's just like in a really deep voice. Um, he, I think, carries the movie. Uh, there's no really other good characters, I think, except I, I don't want to give any spoilers. The movie's from 2006, so yeah, 
we're going to try not to do spoilers, <laughs> but you should have seen it by now. Um, it's a very sci-fi movie. Um, it's based on a, a book, Children of Men. Apparently, is is one of the only times it, it's well known and regarded that the movie is better than the book. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I think that's because of the way it's shot. I'll, uh, and I'll get into that a little bit after mm-hmm. you, but what do you think of the movie overall? Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was good. Um, I thought it was at times a little tough to follow what was going on in the beginning the first good well, portion of the movie it's well let me let me just say too that i didn't finish that the plot yeah. was that everyone's infertile and then one person gets yes. pregnant yeah. so there's one pregnant person and and it falls into clivon's clivon lap where he has to either protect this person or save them or, or do whatever needs to yeah. be done because this woman is pregnant and there's a bunch of different competing groups that yeah. want the baby for whatever reason there's um, there's just a lot of like background politics yeah, behind right. this baby, obviously. So, yeah. and, and I likened it a little bit to, I think probably something that way back in the day we might have reviewed, which was a video game called The Last of Us. Yes. Um, it's for those of you who might have potentially played that game or seen the story of that game. It was similar in that you know Clive Owen, being the main character, his job is to transport this prized asset basically um, to a to a destination where everyone else is competing forces trying to either you know maybe not trying to take the person necessarily but just interfering and you know bringing up a lot of complications in trying to get to that destination so um the first good portion of the movie was a little bit like building up and it's like yeah. okay it's in they're infertile like it okay maybe there's someone's it's, pregnant it's a little but like slow. what's the whole right. deal it starts here? a little slow you know there's like some people die and it's just like what's going on and blah, and blah 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 but once it sort of gets its setting a little bit and gets its footing um it was great you know it's good action it's uh, I'll let you talk more about the cinematography, but the cinematography was great, especially yeah. for its time in 06. Um, so yeah, a lot of good things, and you know, it just held held my attention throughout. And I think I I, I think it ended a little abruptly. Um, yes. But it wasn't necessarily a bad ending either. It didn't. It might have been boring if they tried to like close the ending up nicely after you know beyond was, the way it ended. It was more indie artsy than I expected. Yeah. So so the way it started was the the cameras are shot from weird angles and. And people are talking real fast, and then and not really speaking like normal humans. They're mm-hmm. they're kind of skipping past things that we should probably know until mm-hmm. it hits the middle, and you realize why the movie exists, which is this, um, the fact that Clive Owen has to save this woman throughout the second half of the movie from all these from all these different things. But the way it's shot is similar to like Birdman nowadays, or um, True Detective had a big long had, scene yeah. that was so it's single shot, so it follows. Clive for about five to ten minutes at a yeah. time while things are exploding and hitting the camera and he's diving mm-hmm. and the camera shakes and then he like dusts off and runs and the camera follows him so it's all one continuous shot and for 2006 yeah it was spectacular there was one particular one where they're running they're basically going in the war scene and they're going yeah. through the building and it's like we have we basically went full circle here. Like we started over at this thing, and we went all through this whole war scene, the whole up, building, up, 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 up the stairs, three flights yeah. of stairs, across the hallway, back down. And it's like people are are in misery. Some people are getting shot. Like people are hiding behind bunkers. And like it was just this whole thing. And he's protecting the pregnant lady the whole time. And the whole thing was just like it was one of those where you realize like wow this hasn't cut yet. And yeah. It's like it's like holy crap. It was um, so well done. Now it's, it's not the whole movie, but it's in big chunks. Like there's like. Like you said, there's probably at least three or four, like maybe ten minute, five to ten minute chunks of of single shot. That's it must, really cool. It's one of those things where it's when it when it finally cuts away, you're like, wow, that must have been so hard to yeah, do to choreograph. It's just like insane. If anyone messes up anything, you got to redo that whole shot. So it's like um, we had, you know, we saw that with True Detective in that scene in the projects, 
and then we've seen like you know Birdman. I think was even was was Birdman the whole movie or was it just big stretches? Birdman was big long stretches. Yeah, too, and I think. there there was one movie that I haven't seen that was one shot. I think it was Al, uh, Victoria or or something like that. I think it was like a bank robbery, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah. So either way, very impressive cinematography. Um, what do you give it? I'm gonna give it. 87 Steve Nicholas 87. Avocados. 87% Steve Nicholas Avocados. Certified guac. Certified Children guac. of men, certified guac. There you go. I um, changed I changed my identity for the weekend to uh, Chive Onions in honor of <laughs> That's Clive right. Owen. That's right. He actually did. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give it 85 uh, Dragon Fruits. Is that certified pitaya? It is. Yes. It's just barely. Wow. 85, I think, is the bar. But but yeah, it's just certified pitaya colada. Um not by a lot, but it is. Yeah. So it, it's like the ba- that's the baseline of what I would certify. Yeah. So the the verdict is, it's a very good movie. You should watch it. Mm-hmm. Be prepared for really a really interesting, confusing beginning. A great concept, awesome cinematography. Like just see like specific scenes that are just awesome. They're just mm-hmm. so well done, and not you don't feel really attached to many characters. Yeah, it's more you, you feel attached to like the world that these people are living it's in. True. It's true. Um. So other than that, it's great. I mean, well acted. There's not, there's not, it's not a big dialogue movie. Yeah. Um, but it, it's very well done. I agree. Alrighty. So that brings us to the last topic, which is Taco Bell news. Um, huge news in the Taco Bell world. Uh, the Naked Chicken Chalupa launches nationwide on January 26th, three days from now, two days if you're listening tomorrow. Um, it is a taco, a chicken taco. But the shell is fried chicken. So instead of a tortilla shell, it's fried chicken shell. I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't know how the logistics work. I'm going to eat it. I'm going to try it. And I'm, I'm excited. I, I don't, and, and it, this is two, it's crazy for two reasons. One, it's a fried chicken taco. It's a shell made out of fried chicken, which is crazy <laughs> and weird. It's almost like, it's not going to survive. I can tell yeah. you, it's not. Yeah. It's just a gimmick. But also, Taco Bell doesn't do fried chicken. Yeah, like we're like, <laughs> there's nothing else they could do besides fried yeah. chicken. So now, why don't we put fried chicken on the menu or chicken nuggets on the menu first? Yeah, and then, and then try the chicken taco <laughs> shell. Um, so both these things are, are completely out of left field. Uh, definitely weird for Taco Bell, but that's Taco Bell's made a name off that. Just kind of, yeah, I don't know, trying for, it. trying weird stuff. I'll try one. Um, that's great Taco Bell news for today. Um, so that's yeah. I'm excited. There you two, go. Two, two days, Derek. I'm surprised they didn't tie that with the Super Bowl somehow, with like an advertisement of the Super Bowl. They may. Maybe, maybe they will do something. Maybe promotion. I'm just in the know and I, I know the yeah, pre-release true, date. True. True. January 26th is like the is you know a week before, or not quite a week, but it's the end of this week. But still, maybe they'll tie it in with some kind of type of an ad. There campaign. was a big ad campaign for the last. That's true. For the last Super Bowl too, for some and really they did dumb. stuff. And they it did was stuff the Quesalupa. Yeah, yeah. I remember. And they did some stuff for the World Series too. Steal a base, steal yeah, a taco. Steal a base. Yeah. yeah. So, so they'll probably be. Yeah, they'll active. Do, yeah, they'll do something, but maybe they don't have some big reveal the way they did last time because I think that wasn't exactly what they had hoped. Um, I'm excited to try it. So that's that. That's Taco Bell news. Um, so brings us to the final drive. Do you want to go first or second? Uh, I'm gonna go second, Derek. All right, I'll go first. Um, my final drive is just a little rant about the uh nba and nfl all-star selection processes and everything still they're so so stupid (laughs) um we didn't really talk about this russell westbrook did not make the all-star team as a starter steph curry was voted a starter over him 
Um, this was the first year the NBA did make a switch. The fan vote counts for 50%, the player vote 50%, and the media vote, uh, sorry, fan vote 50, player 25, media 25. Um, the tiebreaker is the fan vote. So uh, Steph Curry voted third by the players and third by the media, which is totally what he should have been because Westbrook and Harden are clearly the two best guards in the West by a lot this year. Um, but because Steph Curry finished first in fan voting, because of all the stupid Warrior fans who just vote for Steph Curry no matter what, Correct. Uh, he starts the All-Star game as a tiebreaker, even though he and Westbrook tied in the vote because the fan vote's a tiebreaker. Um, same deal in the East. I'm more biased than this one. Isaiah Thomas was, was guilty of the same fate, um, with Isaiah finishing first in the media vote, second in the player vote, but fourth in the fan vote, so he doesn't make it as an All-Star starter either. Kyrie Irving does, who isn't having as good of a year, but is voted by the fans number one. So... Um, Stupid format. It's just <laughs> dumb. Um, the players, the players should just pick their should the players and coaches and should pick the all stars. Um, by the same token, the fact that an NFL player gets a Pro Bowl selection when he replaces a Super Bowl player is so stupid. I agree. With that Andy too. Dalton is now a Pro Bowler because Tom Brady made the Super Bowl. Andy Dalton's not a Pro Bowler, but He's because because Tom to because Tom Brady made the Super Bowl, now he is a Pro Bowler, and so that is another stupid thing. <laughs> and that's all I have to say about that. That's just one. Side. We should. We'll talk about that next note. week when I think the Pro Bowl is next. Week. It is next week. So yeah. we'll get all pumped and up. There's the a, there's a, there's a skills yeah. challenge, so maybe that'll is soft, that next weekend. Maybe that'll soften you up on. Uh, yeah. It's got to be next week. Yeah, I don't know when be, else yeah. it'll be. Yeah. Um. So maybe that'll soften you on the whole Pro yeah, Bowl. Yeah, it thing. might. It might. It might. The Pro Bowl might. Yeah. We'll see how the skills thing goes. Yeah. So. All right. So my final drive. Um. Many of you probably know what this thing is, but um. I'm I'm gonna give rave reviews to Goodreads. Um. Goodreads.com is a. It's almost like a. A Facebook for books um, it's an app as well uh, a bunch of random people are on it but it's really really intuitive it's very fun to use and it's it's not like an addictive a- app or, or you just kind of go on like oh I finished a book rate it it keeps all the books you've ever read you can see what your other friends have read are reading um, if they've read it rated them like you can compare what books you'd like you can search and, and I mean you I read a lot more now because I'm in this book club, but I mean, it, it it's really cool just to have like an online repository of where you can rate all the books rather than like writing it down on a piece of paper or a notepad. You're like, all right, this is every book I've ever read, and this is what I thought about it. Maybe I can make a recommendation or whatever. So um, just got into Goodreads. It's super cool. It'll probably get old for me soon just because I read books really slow, so I'll get to check it once a month-ish. Um, but so far, so good. Um, and I've been reading some reading some books and writing some reviews just because it's fun to do. Um, and the last little piece I'll add to that is uh, I finished this uh, month's book club book, a short shortened version of the Cozy Book Corner, um, The Night Circus. Uh, very well done. Um, Aaron Morkinson, Morganson, I don't know how to say the last name. Um, the Night Circus, I give it 85% Steve Nicholas Avocados. Not certified guac, just right just under the short. bar. Yeah. Um, but very good. It's like a, I don't know. It's the way I'm going to describe it. It's not going to sound cool. It's like a <laughs> magical fantasy. It's like a, it's about a circus. If you couldn't tell, um, and the circus is really cool. It's very unique. Um, the characters are great. Uh, it's just a very easy read. You fly through it. So, cool. The uh, Night Circus, eighty-five percent. There you go, eighty-five. Not quite certified, but just as as certified as you can get without being certified. Whew, that's so a that's a good episode. Derek. That was an episode. Fifty one. Fifty one in the books. We got just forty nine more to fill hundred. Fifty one. Uh, fifty one. So forty nine left, and so we'll have to start planning our hundred episode celebration soon. I'll start uh, right after this. 
So that's it for episode 51, and we will see. We don't have much going on this week, so we'll see what we talk about next week. There's no football, yeah, uh, but we will have the Pro Bowl to talk about. So I can't uh, wait. That'll for be that. great. <laughs> so uh, we'll we'll have a couple games next week. So uh, okay, we'll see you guys next week for episode 52. Right. Later days. <laughs>